Angie's list is now Angie, and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Well, hello there, and welcome to the AFA podcast, the official podcast of animationforadults.com. This is episode 83. I'm Chris, and I'm joined this week by Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hey there, Chris. How's it going? Good. I'm glad I was able to be here. I was barely, I was cutting it close, was just barely getting home from work and uh, just barely making it in time, but I'm glad I'm here because there's a lot of really cool stuff that's been coming out, and uh, actually, I'm really excited about the film that we're going to be discussing today, and... Uh, I believe it's, that's the Mune, the film that's just come out from G-Kids. Yes. On the day we are recording is the day that it's actually uh, in cinemas from G-Kids in the US. But it will obviously be coming out on Blu-ray and DVD in the future. I can't tell you exactly when, but uh, in the near future. So we're, we're going to talk about it <laughs> a little later where after we've gone through some news and stuff. All, all the happenings in the animation world and yeah and it's good to be here and I appreciate your dedication Rachel coming after hard day's work uh, just a lot of phone calls this really is all it was like I was just I was sitting sitting in the office just taking phone call after phone call after phone calls like okay well time to go home <laughs> oh that sounds fun uh, yeah yeah uh, so yeah um We'll get on with some animation news. Yay! Uh, Lots of G Kids stuff, I think, was coming down the pipeline, I think. There's a surprise, because G Kids <laughs> pop up on this podcast quite a lot, because they're always doing awesome things that we have to talk about. Yeah, and they're um, super nice. Yep, and they have picked up a couple of awesome new films that uh, will be coming out before this year is out in the United States, America, and Canada. And yeah! Those films are. Uh, the first one is a film we have mentioned before on this here podcast uh, called Mary and the Witch's Flower, uh, which is the f- the first um, feature from Studio Ponok, uh, who are a bunch of mainly a bunch of ex Studio Ghibli staff. Uh, they were started by a former Ghibli producer and they've got lots of staff because it looked like Studio Ghibli weren't going to be making any more films so uh, lots of people moved on to Studio Pollock and then obviously Miyazaki went actually I'm not done (laughs) and everyone went oh what a surprise just Uh, kidding guys just kidding but in the meantime uh, other people moved on and uh, started work on their first film and it is directed by Hiramasa Yonebayashi, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's the director of uh, Arietti, which was released in the US as The Secret Life of Arietti, and he also directed uh, When Marnie Was There, uh, which was the last Studio Ghibli film to date, and yes, this is his third film, 
and we've seen the trailer before and it looks very Studio Ghibli-esque and mm-hmm. it's, it's got a lot of uh, Ghibli touches and it's based on an English novel uh, called no, I haven't written down <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not called Mary and the Witch's Flower I can tell you that um, <laughs> but it was uh, a children's based, novel based on a children's novel by the, the British author Mary Stewart and it's directed by Hiromasa Yonobayashi and directed by Yoshiaki Nishimura who is the founder of Studio Ponok and he was also a producer on When Money Was There and other Ghibli films okay. and the script, script is written by Riko Sakaguchi uh, who um, was a, who also wrote the script of the tale of Princess Kaguya yeah so, I was about to say that was oh goodness that's good that's a lot of, lot of really great talent coming into this movie and yeah. you can tell definitely if you take a look at the trailer that this is, um, yeah, definitely you get a lot of the Studio Ghibli vibes from mm-hmm. looking at the um, the character designs with like the um, the main protagonist. It's got very soft features, and a lot of the effects animation also is pretty similar to what would come out of uh, Ghibli. But still, I in terms I'm not really familiar with the story very well, but it looks definitely like something that would that would be told well through animation. Like, lots uh, of tra- really supernatural stuff. The trailer, it gave me vibes of uh, Kiki's Livery Service meets Howl's Moving Castle. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess I can kind of see that when I'm looking at the trailer. It's, yeah, it's a very cool combination. A little while ago, the international rights to the film were acquired by a UK company called Altitude Films, and they're going to be releasing it in the UK at some point. Uh... But G Kids uh, will be releasing it in North America this winter. Can't tell you any more specific than that at the moment, but there you go. That's that's what we know so far. And Interesting. Very excited. Well, it's good. That means it's coming coming to the US and UK. That's more people mm-hmm. see it, the better. The other film that G Kids films have um, picked up recently is a a little French film by the name of. The Big Bad Fox and Other Tales, <laughs> uh, which is from one of the directors of Ernest and Celestine, which was a French traditionally animated film that was Oscar nominated for G Kids a few years ago, and well, it was very very cute. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this looks very very cute as well. Oh yes, like it's it's just oozing charm cartoonish kind of like sim- it's it, it seems like the like a simple animation you know in terms of like the um just like the character designs but it's i like i love the the animation style it's just it's so so charming it's based on a graphic novel called the big bad fox uh that was written by benjamin brenner who is one of the directors of the film and he was also a director on ernest and celestine Mm-hmm. And it's uh, it is like an episodic film with uh, like three separate stories in it, uh, based around mm-hmm. the characters on a farm. But basically, why it looks good is because of uh, all all the um, animation style is super adorable and uh, looks sort of <laughs> watercolory. It looks it looks like children. It looks like children. It like children's book comes to life basically. Yeah, like like a a children's graphic novel, or um, you know, like that it's based on, or just like a, a storybook, which is wonderful. 
Mm-hmm. And again, this is coming out sometime in the winter uh, in cinemas in North America. Mm-hmm. And uh, it the film is co-produced or produced by Studio Canal, uh, who are a European company. So I would assume at some point Studio Canal UK will release it over here. Mm-hmm. So, but the I date is... The, yeah, the date they have not yet to announce a date. Yeah, no, they haven't. They haven't even announced that they're going to release it. But come on, guys! They, they released Ernest and Celestine in the UK, um, but they'll probably, I would guess, that um, G Kids would probably produce a dub for this because it would kind of be daft not to, because it's obviously got a a um, <laughs> a big family appeal, and they dub pretty much everything. Uh, I think. <laughs> I think uh, like the occasional thing, um, the girl without hands. Was it subtitled? It was subtitled. Yes. Yeah, I don't think they dubbed that. And <laughs> I no, tell. and you know what? I actually I appreciate that. I, I actually really enjoyed watching it in the in the French language with subtitles. Mm-hmm. I think it's only like the most like the most niche things that they won't uh, bother to dub. <laughs> I, th- I think they will dub this. So, and then mm-hmm. Studio Canal UK can release that version in the UK, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Yes. Um, so yeah, those are the the films coming from G Kids this winter. Woohoo! Nice. That's they're they're just. It's amazing at the 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 rapid pace that they're acquiring movies to uh, to put out, which is just it's because it seems like every single time that we. They put out one, they're immediately going to the next one, and it's like, like each film is more interesting, or like, you know, to see them the next. Like, it's like it keeps going and going and going. Yep, they're going to have a good like winter time because there's that, there's uh, the, uh, the Breadwinner, there's look, all these films coming out. So, Which is good because something needs to fill the void that a certain um, film that came out, I believe, a few weeks ago that I if I recall correctly, kind of uh, fell flat on its face. So I'm glad that there are other animated films on the way to fill the void. I don't know what you could possibly be talking about. Mm, oh, I have no clue. It's like it's on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> but another animated film is coming out in the US in uh, September that has just released a trailer. And that is Loving Vincent. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so we've been going over this movie a couple times on the podcast before as well, but uh, this is our first trailer for it? Yeah, there was like a teaser footage type thing when we were first writing about it, but mm-hmm. this, is, this is like the first proper like story trailer, theatrical trailer type thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and it looks quite impressive, I'd say, definitely. <laughs> yeah, well, the whole the whole premise of it is basically, you know, it's a tribute to uh, Vincent Van Gogh's work mm-hmm. and uh, art, you know, paintings and everything, and while also kind of being like a you know story about you know what his life was like in terms of you know like the people who knew him, and choosing to tell this kind of story in this way. 
really does, I think, it, more so than I was expecting in, you know, at first before actually seeing, like, a good solid, like, chunk of what the movie is going to look like. Like, yeah, it, it is definitely, like, taking, like, this beautiful vision of what, you know, this artist was able to accomplish in his lifetime in terms of artistic style and just giving it motion, mm-hmm. which is incredible to see. They call it the world's first fully oil-painted feature film. And... um it, it, it features uh, 65,000 paintings produced by 125 artists from around the world. Uh, it shows, man. It it comple- it totally shows, at least with the, the detail that they're able to give to this animation. And it's a UK-Polish co-production, uh, although for some reason most of the voice cast seem to be Irish. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's got uh, Saoirse Ronan... Chris O'Dowd and Aidan Turner, who's the um, uh, he's the the dwarf. No, yeah, he's the um, he's the handsome dwarf from uh, The Hobbit. <laughs> uh, define which one, because there's there there's a there's a couple. The the, the sort of romantic hero one. Uh, oh oh okay, I know the um, I know the character's name, but unfortunately the actor's name is escaping me. But I know who you're referring to. He's the one who's not um. Richard Armitage, who, who was mentioned in the last podcast. <laughs> oh yes, 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 yes. Um, he was a uh, Keely was the character's name. So if you've seen the uh, live version of The Hobbit, then you'll and I, you hear that name, you'll know exactly who I'm talking about. But yeah, he was the ste- he was the scene stealer dwarf. <laughs> and uh, if if you're watching in if you're listening in the UK, then he's also he's also the main character in Poldark that your mum watches probably. <laughs> anyway, I think most mums watch it, so uh, there you go. Um, yeah, and that is coming out September. Oh wow, that's soon. September twenty second in the US. Um, it is coming out in the UK October thirteenth. So not goodness gracious, too long to wait. But it did play at the Annecy Film Festival and it won the Audience Award there. It was very popular and supposedly it um, like sold out all its screenings there. So animation fans are getting excited about this one. Oh yeah, and I can completely understand why. I mean, it's it's nothing like really has ever been done before. So definitely deserves its due credit for experimenting with something, you know, in terms of, you know, making it the first oil painting, you know, a feature film completely done through oil paintings. So definitely, if you're in, if you're looking to try and get check out check that out, definitely check out the trailer first, and then if you like what you see, get a ticket because there this is a very unique uh, movie experience that I don't think everyone's ever seen before. So check it out. And moving on from that, the world of cinematic releases. And into the world of streaming for another couple of stories. Um, nice. And one of them is that Disney have announced that they are going to be ending their deal with Netflix in the US. Uh, starting in 2019, they are going to, instead of having their latest films on Netflix, they're going to be setting up their own streaming company or streaming service. Uh, to watch their films and TV on. Um, yeah. <sighs> part of I will admit, part of me is really sad to to hear this because that's a lot of um, 
Disney films that I was really fond of that I didn't have uh, DVD copies of um, I, that I was able to find on Netflix, like The Hunchback of Notre Dame and a few others. Like, I was really, really happy to, you know, have a Netflix account so I could, you know, be able to see those on Netflix. And, I mean, though, in, if we're speaking in a business sense, this is a smart move for Disney so they don't have, you know, make, why why give another company a part of the share of the profits when they could just make one of their own an own service for themselves in order to like fully streamline their media, their films and their shows and etc. But still it's part of me sad because it's like okay, well now I just have to get I'll have to get a whole separate account if I'm going to be able to watch some of those movies again. Apparently so far they've said it's going to be uh, like Disney and Pixar and they haven't decided what to do about Star Wars and Marvel, so they could make separate deals with that. Or they might be really annoying and go, actually, we're going to do one streaming service for Star Wars. <laughs> no, <laughs> please, I, dear God, no. I mean, it'd be really sensible if they did it all on the Disney thing, because, you know, that is quite a um, a catalogue to boast of. Like, oh, no, all, yeah. All the Disney films, like all the Star Wars films, and all the Marvel films, all in one place, that would be most of Pl- the films. <laughs> Plus the shows. I mean, one of the things, like, a part of the reason I was able to watch a whole, like, you know, the Clone Wars television show or the um, animated series that they had on Cartoon Network for a while, like, even after it left Cartoon Network, was because they, you know, because of that deal, they had Clone Wars, the pretty much the entire show, all up on Netflix. So I was able to catch up on episodes I had never seen before via that uh, streaming service and I was able to watch the whole thing to completion which was, I'm really grateful that I had that opportunity to do so I could fully appreciate the kind of the work that went into that show. But yeah, I was like, it's not just so much the movies, so it would be a smart ploy to you know, maybe like have like a one-stop shop for not just the films, but even some of their uh, their classic television shows. I mean, because sometimes, you know, you put them on TV or on Disney XD, but chances are people might miss an episode or two you know, just due to, to scheduling, or maybe they don't have a DVR, but they do have internet access, so why not give them access to, say, okay, you miss, you may have missed an episode, if you want to go back and watch it, it'll be on this streaming service. That would that would just lure more people in. Well, here in the UK, that, that Disney deal never existed in the first place. Mm. Uh, so we didn't have all those Disney... You know, we had some Disney films on Netflix and some on Amazon as well, uh, but um, Disney have got their uh, own thing in the UK called Disney Life, uh, ah, which is an app thing uh, that I'm I'm pretty sure at some point it or it definitely it had films and or other things including apps like games that were included oh. with it, um, huh. and it was nine ninety nine. But now it just seems to be films and. Uh, um, TV and uh, books and music, and they seem to mm. scrap scrap the apps, and it's now four ninety nine. Um, but it gives you a sort of indicator of what they might be going for because it's got uh, like lots of classic Disney films, both animated and live action stuff like um, Mary Poppins, okay. etc. But nice. it's, also, it's also got um, uh, what they you know they call them box sets. Even though mm-hmm. obviously it's not a box set if it's on a streaming service because it's not in a mm-hmm. box, but um, <laughs> they also have um, they also have uh, live TV from Disney Channel and Disney XD and Disney Junior. So hmm. 
that also explains why you can't access Disney channels on like other streaming platform things. So okay, that's why I can't watch Ducktales. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, so yeah, it's it's quite annoying if you've got Netflix, but uh, you can you can see why they're doing it, and they're probably yeah. the only company that could really one of the only companies that can pull it off convincingly and you know at the end of the day it says like a service that you can sign to uh, and get like access to all the Disney classic films and you know like their TV things like Gravity Falls and stuff then or even some of like their classic uh, their classic Disney afternoon cartoons would probably pull in a lot of people because a lot I mean obviously DuckTales is you know in terms of the reboot that's you know already going to pull in both classic and you know you know new fans who would tune in to check out that show but maybe have like other versions of other Disney afternoon shows that may have not got you know haven't you had a chance to either get a reboot or re-advertise or like like you know Tailspin or uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers or Gargoyles that would be cool to see come back on a, on a streaming service yeah. and Disney could do it because like you said they've just they've just got so much stuff that they can afford to like Compile it all in one pl- one or one or two places, even to have people like, "Hey, you want to be able to watch all this like great old stuff that we haven't put out in a long time? Here, check it out here." And it's like, "Oh, great! Just pay a small fee, and you'll be able to watch it whenever you want." But for now, you can continue to watch those Disney films on Netflix in the US, and you will also be able to watch them through next year. Uh, any releases next year will also still be going through as part of the deal but after 2019 onwards then it's the deal is no more so mm-hmm. enjoy it while you can uh, indeed indeed but it's not all bad news for netflix subscribers because uh, they are really getting into anime <laughs> <laughs> was there I, I forget there was a poll done wasn't there to see like how many like people tuning in or who have Netflix accounts are watch, actively watching anime and I believe it was a, it was a good bit of them wasn't it uh, I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I saw that uh, but they they had a special presentation in Tokyo uh, to basically announce their plans for mm-hmm. anime going forward um, oh and this might be what you're talking about uh, they they said that um, they've discovered that 50% of Netflix users in Japan watch anime and uh, but overall 90% of the the anime watched on Netflix is done outside of Japan so yeah that was the poll I was talking about yeah yeah so there we go lots of people watch it so that's why they're getting into it um, and they have uh, announced like 12 anime series coming anime series and films coming 12 going to uh, uh, Netflix in the near future and they've actually I think since then uh, added to it uh, since this was written up Um, Mm -hmm. like uh, just to go through some of it it's Fate uh, oh I don't know how you say that (laughs) Fate Fate Acrofa Acrofa oh god now I'm doing it shit Sorry, Fate, everybody. Fate Apocrypha, or something, uh, which is the uh, latest film in the Fate, the uh, latest series in the Fate Stay Night 
or whatever it's called series. Yeah, Fates Day uh, Night. Yeah, uh, and that's coming like later this year. Um, a series called Kake. Oh, I didn't think of these. Kakeguri. Yes, um, which is based on gambling, extreme gambling in a high school. Extreme. Yeah, oh boy, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's got a very distinctive visual style, I'd say, and it's based on a popular manga. And uh, it's actually like already been airing in Japan, but it's going to be on Netflix next <laughs> year. Uh, but uh, in the more interesting side of things is the stuff that they're actually co-producing. Uh, and they are co-producing a series with Bones. Oh, yes. Awesome. Called Ico Incarnation. Uh, that looks very interesting. It's a bio sci fi action series and it's got some pretty nifty artwork and trailers and stuff that you can check out. Uh, and that is going to be coming to Netflix next year as well. Mm. And uh, Masaki Yuasa's Devil Man Crybaby that we have talked about before, uh, which is based on the classic uh, Gonagai character, Devil Man, but produced in. Yuasa's unique style by the looks of it uh, and that again 2018 um, and uh, there's a series from Production IG which is going to be a Netflix uh, original uh, called Be The Beginning and before it was referred to as Perfect Bones but they've changed the title and it's a serial killer mm-hmm. thriller so and Production IG are a bit good so <laughs> <laughs> they are extremely good. So um, yeah, the, all all we have right now is just like the uh, the poster of it with uh, three different characters. But it definitely, like from this, uh, it looks promising. Like I definitely would need more information to go on, but to, in order to check it out. But it definitely looks interesting. And one of the most exciting things is Cannon Busters, uh, which is created by LeSean Thomas, uh, who is also. Uh, been working on Children of Aoife for uh, Crunchyroll uh, mm-hmm. and this got a crowdfunded pilot uh, a couple of years ago or last year and um, is being produced as a series uh, by Netflix, the anime studio Satellite and the UK's Manga Entertainment and, mm. and the creative team also includes Natasha Allegri who is the creator of Being Puppycat and a oh. veteran of um, Adventure Time and series like that. So Oh, that's awesome. So yes. That is gonna this is like one of these international co productions that's gonna be worth keeping an eye on. Um, Definitely. I'm not gonna go through absolutely every every uh, No, yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um there's all sorts of things. There's uh, there's movies, uh, based on the Godzilla and uh, <laughs> the classic series Saints they are and Yes. And uh, um, there's even a stop motion series uh, based on like a um, a Hello Kitty style merchandise character. Um, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you'll find the the link in the show notes uh, to the article with all these pretty impressive lineup of anime. And there's more coming up. And I know that a lot of anime fans are not all that happy about this because of the way Netflix have been releasing their stuff. As in, they don't simulcast. They are releasing things to be binged, like yeah, quite a lot. It's been after. kind of frustrating. And 
people are, are used to them coming out the next week. And like, no, it's out next year. And like, what? Yeah. Well, I had I had I experienced that problem with um uh gosh Akuta Mokuro. They were releasing that on Netflix, and uh, they released the first season. You know, at least the, what they they called the first season, and then even while I knew that uh, the second season was already well underway and even finished, like there was still like no sign of any further episodes coming out for uh, for that show on Netflix to the point where it's just like, is this? Are they ever putting it out? Like you know, even though it's tech, that this show is technically done, just like they they did, like I was just stuck at that one cliffhanger that they left off at the end of the first season. I'm like, no. No, I need to know what happens. <laughs> Come on, Netflix. It's well, not fair. There's going to be a lot of anime on Netflix, so... Oh, yeah, so they, they better get better about this, otherwise they're going to have a lot of ticked-off people. Well, I think the most interesting stuff is stuff that they're co-producing, actually. I think that's... Yeah. Uh, especially... Yeah, Saint Seiya, I was not expecting. <laughs> I mean, working with with uh, not only production ID but Bones it's like yes work with all the good people go on go on do that <laughs> just make something really good guys just here's here's some resources just go to town and I'm also glad because most of the anime they they co-produced to start off with seem to be like all CG stuff and uh, they seem to actually be funding uh, more traditionally animated stuff now which is good because that's what I want for my anime not, <laughs> not... <laughs> Not the CG stuff, which doesn't tend it's, to. They're, they're, they're still experimenting with the CG stuff. It's it's. They've, I think they've yet to really crack the code in terms of making that look right. I mean, there have been there have been some examples. I think of it done right. It's just that it's actually not for the anime medium. It's been for um, it's been for mostly in video games productions actually, where I've seen it done well. Captain Harlock actually looks really good. Uh, that's one that very good mm-hmm. uh, I mean very good looking <laughs> it's it's an alright film as well but it's uh, no uncanny valley is what you're saying <laughs> not too bad no um, <laughs> yeah so check out that uh, in the show notes if you want to find out more about all the anime that's coming up oh yeah because since I said there was 12 and then at least one other thing has been confirmed as a Netflix exclusive. It's the new like Kyoto Animation series, uh, mm. which is one of the things people are complaining about. Uh, oh, their, okay, their, gotcha. Their releases because it's like oh, it's not going to be on Netflix outside Japan till like 2018. They're like when they're airing it, they're releasing it in Japan soon, I think. <laughs> mhm. People are disgruntled. Um, <laughs> there was one other story actually that we didn't cover on the site but probably should at least mention and okay. that, that is the news of uh, Sony buying a, a like controlling share in Funimation oh really did you, did you not know about this no that, that went under my radar somehow this is um, Sony's uh, TV um, basically, their their Sony TV, whatever it's called, <laughs> Sony Television mm-hmm. yeah, Production, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they've bought. Oh, um, that's that's interesting. Yes, and so that's and supposedly they're going to be like um, 
making a big deal of it on PlayStation so going forward so we obviously don't really know much about how that's going to affect anything uh, it might mean the end of the deal with Crunchyroll possibly because they might see them just as a, a um, competitor rather than someone to collaborate with but mm. we shall see uh, it will probably help Funimation uh, go up against big companies like Netflix and uh, um, Amazon who are yeah really getting into yes. anime as we've said <laughs> yeah they're no longer they're 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 quickly becoming uh you know going down the ladder in terms of you know who's got you know the most animated humans Crunchyroll and Funimation are still pretty up there but with everyone else trying to get into the game who, who knows how long that will if that can last so hopefully well this will be this will do some good things for Funimation because I want I want to see them do well Mm-hmm. Hopefully they, they do good. They do good work over there at Funimation. Yes, hopefully they won't change too much about what they do. Um, mm-hmm. But they might be able to like use Sony's expertise in some things, like uh, with their <laughs> streaming technology and things like that. Cause yeah, some people would uh, don't think that their their apps are as good as certain other companies. But they they've definitely got better. I can say that. I've been watching some stuff on the Funimation PlayStation app recently and it it actually works now which is good <laughs> I know I'm so thankful for that too because it it kind of was really buggy before it was and it's improved really now. really messy yay good job so yeah news that's the news I think <laughs> that's a lot no that's a lot that's come out just this past week or so yeah <laughs> going to the next bit. Feeling okay? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I want to talk about Moon. Moon! moon! Yes! Yeah. Guardian of the Moon! That's that's what we're here to talk about today. Because we uh, were very fortunate, again, to receive a screener from G-Kids to um, not only see if we could have a, a official review up on the site, but also be able to talk about it here on the podcast today. And, uh... Yeah, we both we've both had a chance to see it, and uh, we'll offer our thoughts first. Um, our non-spoilery thoughts in terms of us just our general opinion on the film, and then um, then we'll probably get into slightly more spoilerific discussion. I mean, it's, it's interesting to talk about this movie because there's a lot of really special things in it, and I you know I'm really happy I saw it for sure. But um, it's in terms of the overall plot, I'm not entirely sure exactly how much of it is. I would like to not avoid spoiling, like, the really good stuff that comes out later in the story, but it, it's a rather, like, straightforward narrative mm-hmm. for an animated film, which is not a bad thing by any stretch, but it's just, it's more difficult to talk about certain elements, which is like, well, it just it feels like a spoiler, but at the same time, not truly, like, what, how do you, how does one define a spoiler for a film like this? Yeah, it's one of these cases where the story isn't particularly the most interesting thing about it. Uh, but I do enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, it's not saying it's a bad story. It's just it's not. That's not the main draw here. I don't think it's. Uh, yeah, it's, it's not. It's not what's designed to pull you in in this mm. movie. So, I didn't know a whole lot about this when I when I first started um, hearing about it and covering it for the site. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and I will be honest that I wasn't entirely convinced what I saw at first. I was like, oh, this, is, this is different for G-Kids. I, I don't know where they're going with this. 
But, you know, I was also thinking, yeah, but it's G-Kids and they tend to have good taste in films. So, I thought, I will reserve my judgment. And then I started to see more, more sort, uh, sort of like trailer and everything. And I thought, oh, actually, it's, it's quite pretty. And then, um, <laughs> then I actually, obviously, got the chance to watch it this week. And uh, I, I was very, very pleasantly surprised because I, I really like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very charming. It's a very charming <laughs> little movie. And as far as you can definitely see who this is marketed to in terms of audience. It's like it's you definitely like you know kids and maybe you know it's a nice family film to sit down with you know uh little ones to put on and just you know have a lot of fun but even despite that even like in terms of like the, the narrative um you know being targeted for that age range the visuals on display in this film are wonderful like i love the character designs like that's one of the things i always like latch on to first whenever i watch a film if you haven't if you've noticed how when i talk about films and podcasts like you know you know you always notice I tend to go for the character designs first because that's always what strikes me initially. But even beyond the character designs, you know, themselves, which really, you know, stand out, it's also the backgrounds are wonderful and just the world itself it creates is, you know, simplistic, but it's it's beautiful in its simplicity. Uh, the thing is, though, it actually starts with a 2D sequence, which, you know... It is, does. It's not uncommon in... In a lot of like Hollywood CG as well, you'll like get things like Kung Fu Panda or whatever will have a two D yeah yeah intro sequence. But it it seemed appropriate for this because it's kind you know it's almost like a storybook tale or whatever. So it's like it, mm-hmm. it sort of sets up the world and and then but then it goes into the the CG and like the imagery and everything is very impressive. It's it's um very it's very stylized and. Uh, which they sort because they obviously haven't got the budget of a Pixar film, or they haven't even got the budget of an Illumination film, you know, which are relatively speaking cheap by Hollywood standards. Uh, mm-hmm. This I looked up; uh, their budget is seventeen million dollars, apparently. Uh, which, oh, which uh, by um, by Hollywood standards is jump change. It's tiny, uh, you know. Someone gives me seventeen million dollars. I'm 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 happy with that. But in, in <laughs> Hollywood terms, that's not that much. And uh, well, but, no, because you have to keep in mind all the different you know, tech, the technology you need to make to make the movie. Not to mention paying the artists working on the movie and marketing and all that. You know, everything under the sun that you need to do to make a film. That's that that's a lot of money and that more than seventeen million. <laughs> but you know, if you compare this to some some much more expensive films I would say it looks a lot nicer <laughs> no yeah I totally I, I get it because it's like you can definitely see like the on um, the computer generated animation like you could kind of tell like you know where some of the uh, you know the I want to say lack like lack of you know, the quality dips because it, it's always good but in terms of like you can kind of see that they if they could have spent more money in order to make this even look even nicer they probably would have mm-hmm. because it is what what they were able to get away with with this movie was wonderful and i love the fact that it had that continual shift in style from the computer generated animation into the very nice 2d animation yeah because it doesn't just do that once it also does it later in the film which is different 
a couple times, yeah, yeah which is nice. And, but it, so you'll get a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the sort of the world that's created by it, it sort of uh, kind of, in a way, it almost looks like it's built from models or something uh, mm-hmm. at some points. But also the other feeling, the other feeling I really had was like, I want to play this game. This this is the best video game they've never made. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it just looks like. Yeah, I play I play a video game based on this. Like heck yes. It you know it does look a bit like a a beautiful platform game that you jump around in. You like you can sort of you know. I just had a thought because I, I really was—I was looking at um, the main character's face. I remember when the trailer for this first came out, uh, Mune, and and I'm looking at him I'm like, oh god, like I know this is the first time I'm seeing this, but I feel like I've seen like like some of the part of his design looks very familiar. Like, what have I seen? Where have I seen this before? And then only just yesterday it kind of hit me, and I'm just remembering this now. Um, it reminds me of Ori from Ori in the Blind Forest. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that game. It's, um... Oh, God. I forget what studio worked on that game, but it's a, a, a kind of like a Castlevania platformer game. But your play is this little forest spirit um, who basically the whole point of the game is to bring life back to this giant ancient forest. And you're going from, you know, trekking through this dangerous territory to try and restore it. And a lot of, you know, some of the visual cues between Ori, the main character, you know, the little uh, forest sprite, and Yoon kind of they kind of struck me as similar because I look definitely with the expressive ears and big eyes and cute little nose. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they're probably, like, inspired by the same thing, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. We should probably uh, say a little bit about what it's about. <laughs> yeah, other, we probably other, should. Other than just say, hey, it's really pretty. Um <laughs> So the movie's really pretty, guys. Just no, don't know if we said that yet, but I'm gonna say it again. <laughs> um, yeah, it is. It's set in a like a completely fancy world uh, where there's a world that's um, populated by like two sort of groups of creatures. There's creatures who live in the night and creatures who live in the day, and uh, the um, the the night is ruled over by the guardian of the moon and the day is ruled over by the guardian of the sun and uh, it's their job to pull the sun across the sky or pull the moon across the sky uh, using these awesome they call them temples but they're like big giant creatures with legs that stomp across across the world uh, they look kind they yeah they they're kind of sort of like uh, creatures that you might see out of uh, like uh, not Battle of the Col- like Ico or something like that. I think. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like like Battle- uh, Shadow Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. Yeah, kind of like that. Like, well, one it's interesting because the one with the sun is uh, definitely more like hard stone, like more of like a solid mountain that's just kind of walking on four legs. While the creature that is pulling the moon around the moon temple is definitely more organic in nature. It definitely looks more like like a like a bird, like a four-legged bird. But it seems that at some point the Guardians uh, get too old to do their job and they have to nominate a successor and there's going to be there's like a big ceremony passing down uh, to the new the new Guardian and uh, 
of the sun and the moon and <laughs> you get this um you get this great sequence with all the creatures in the um gathering like in like a amphitheater or whatever to see the ceremony and it's split down the side like the, the night creatures on one half and the the sun creatures on the other and the what they're watching the guardian um but basically something goes a little wrong and uh, the guy who's supposed to be the guardian of the moon does not become the guardian of the moon but wouldn't you know the guardian of the moon is moon the character out from the movie moon that we're talking about now uh, yeah he's a um to to say what moon is he's uh he's a boy well, one of the creatures of the night and he's a sort of like almost like a uh, fawn kind of uh creature they definitely more of like a you know they nurture the the forest at night and um he has a particular power to you know eliminate bad dreams and make and make good ones so but uh yeah so he attends the ceremony uh, tries to sneak in specifically to uh to see it because when chanel he messed up the night before so it's like no you're not allowed to go to the ceremony but of course he sneaks any he sneaks in anyway and like you said when chanel oh guess what who's guess who's really worthy to become the next guardian of the moon it's our ma- our main protagonist I, I i've just realized what that bit is almost exactly like it's a bit like kung fu panda where oh, it kind of is <laughs> Where he's like, ah, oh, now we're going to nominate the new Dragon Warrior, and I'm going to point. Oh, look who I pointed at! I pointed at the big fat panda. Well, to be oh. fair, to, to be fair to this movie, the uh, actual Guardian of the Moon did not accidentally choose him. Well, it, it was still accidental, but I love the fact that they had the choice of the Moon Guardian as opposed to the Sun Guardian was more of like a direct nomination, whereas the Moon Guardian was like, okay, we're going to have the purest like animal of like on our on our planet to nominate who is worthy for the uh the guardian of the moon and the little this the most adorable little four-legged creature walks up and like completely walks past the actual uh disciple for the moon guardian position and just goes straight for moon (laughs) and he tries to like push it out of the way he's like no go away i don't want this and then just it just drags him out Uh, similar situation, but a little more hilarity, I think. But unfortunately, he's not really cut out to be the Guardian of the Moon, it doesn't seem. And, uh, uh, the the new Guardian of the Sun isn't very impressed with him either. And, uh, It's a bit of a headstrong guy, that, uh, the new Sun Guardian, uh, by the name of Sohon. Mm-hmm. Very much like the the classic, you know, he acts as a daring hero, but really is just kind of posturing all the time and uh, to cut a long story short uh, basically a big demon guy called Necros uh, sees the opportunity uh, to steal the sun basically and uh, Moon and uh, the Sahoon and uh, a candle <laughs> called <laughs> a little girl ma- uh, a girl made out of wax they're called like a candle people i guess yeah, they call her a candle she's called glim and uh she's the the uh the female character of the film pretty much <laughs> there's not, not many <laughs> others um and they have to go and try and save the day basically so it's yes it's one of these stories of oh the unlikely hero uh, must team up with a a um, 
unlikely sidekick and save the day type thing. But mm-hmm. as we say, it's the execution that's more interesting because it's very beautiful to look at, and it's. Uh, I I described it in my review as looking kind of like if uh, Miyazaki remade Avatar. Uh, <laughs> You know what? I don't think you're too far off. Because I don't think that was too far off. Because it does look, you know, it's a f- fancy world that's been created that is not that far off Avatar, like the, in the characters, the creatures, and everything. It's mm-hmm. it's the world building is is what makes this film as good as it is, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, and it's just like this completely brilliantly brought to life world that you could feel like you could dive into yeah or like you could you definitely could see like other media made of it like mm-hmm. a, like we were talking about like maybe a video game or like a uh kind of like a children's storybook kind of thing like kind of feel to it mm-hmm. and which is really great because i love it when even though you have like a simple story you know simple you know uh underdog you know coming into his own kind of you know story for our protagonist it's still like we get to know good bit about the you know the how the world works and how you know in terms of the guardians and how they're supposed to affect the balance of this particular world and how important they are in terms of you know like say how the 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 sun guardians duties are revolve around you know a lot more scientific you know explanation than may first be apparent which i thought was really surprising mm-hmm but even simple things like, you know, you have, like I said, we were the Glim, who is the, there's apparently this, like, this being, like, her and her father live in this house, and they're made of wax, so they obviously cannot be anywhere too cold at night or too warm in the day, otherwise, you know, they'll melt or they'll freeze. And I thought that that was, even though in terms of, like, you know, Glim's purpose of the story, I wasn't entirely sure what she was supposed to do. In this movie, I'm just really kind of happy that just, you know, just to see something like that's that's a really interesting creative like, you know, character to design to have in this in this in this uh movie because it's just I've never seen anything like it before. It was really fun. <laughs> they I I think she mentions at some point where someone says whether she's a creature of the night or the day and she says that um she she basically says she's she's half and half. She says uh Mm-hmm. Says I, I'm of the dawn and dusk or something. She says something to those effects because yeah. I guess she, her dad is a night creature and her mother was a day or something. I don't know. One of those. <laughs> it's, it's 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 really hard. Like that's part of the that's something in the movie that they didn't really have so hard defined. Like they we definitely get to see uh, creatures about the night and the day, but we don't. Other than those two characters, we don't see any other creatures that could be, you know, technically in the world in between in terms mm-hmm. of the fact, you know, they can't really exist in both day and night, but there's, you know, there's dawn and dusk and that's when they're, you know, that's where they, the kind of world that they belong into. But it's it's, it's interesting how they have this world kind of split between two halves, but you still have kind of like that middle ground. Mm-hmm. And it looks really good, like, when you see the globe and it's half in darkness and yeah, split right down the middle when they're having they both the sun temple and the moon temple are just sent they're just standing right next to each other, but then the whole planet's just like all the way around, just like half half in the daylight, half in the moonlight. It's just like wow, that's kinda really cool. Yeah, it's just got some great imagery in it and Mm-hmm. 
and uh, the <laughs> it's got um it's got a new dub uh that I thought it was pretty good as well. I haven't uh, I haven't heard the original one, but I think uh the I think Rob Lowe played Sahoon and that was that was a really fun performance. Uh No, you could tell he was having the ball. Mm-hmm. And the other real standout was um uh, uh Pat Oswalt who plays one of the uh little uh, henchmen of the the bad guy. He's got these two little demon he- henchmen, and Pat Oswalt's one of them. Oh yeah. And the other character is is kind of fun because he's a he's a um he's like a a minion whose heart's not not a not minion as in the from Despicable Me, just minion as in henchman, uh, whose <laughs> whose heart isn't really in it because uh, he doesn't really want to hurt people or anything. <laughs> Yeah, he just like I just want to hold this flower and not make it burn. Yeah. Is that is that too much to ask? <laughs> he's very sad through most of the movie, but just like you kind of you kind of have to feel bad for him because he's just like he's a little little lava monster, and he sees a flower, he's like oh pretty, he tries to pick it up, it just bursts into flames, and the other minion makes fun of him. It's just like aww. <laughs> you know, if anything else happens in this movie, I hope things will turn out well for this guy. <laughs> I was kind of expecting it to be it turns around and he ends up like turning at the last minute or something and saving the day but that didn't happen uh, spoiler no you know what I, I like that I like that they did what they did with that that particular subplot so but well, well we could probably well, I guess should we go into spoilerish territory now or should we just try to, finish up first I'm trying to think if there was something else I was going to say <laughs> I did think about something oh that's spoilery uh <laughs> Um, but no, yeah, I was in, in regards to the voice, the English voice acting. Rob Lowe was definitely one of my favorites in this movie, and then also, um, I I feel terrible that I don't know her. I can't remember her name, but the actress who played Glim, I also did really enjoy. I loved her enthusiasm and energy. I would be very interested to see this movie again in French for sure. Because I mean, like I said, I really enjoyed the English, you know, the the dub that we got uh, that we watched for our particular screening but uh yeah i would i would check out this movie in uh its original language in a heartbeat it's quite french i'd say in in theory. yeah and I, there were a couple times if i may point out like a minor thing that did i did notice while i was watching this dub is that there were a few moments like with the um the, the dubbing that you could definitely tell that it was in a different you know it, the animation was done for a different language but the voices were uh you know clearly trying to say something else mm. Like, one or two times I noticed this, but most that was only noticed, like, the one or two times, but everything else was pretty good. So, all things considered, considering they had to work around all that, that was good job on on the dubbers. I remembered what I wanted to say before we go into spoilers, uh, and that was that I thought the villain was pretty good as well, as, as a... Yeah! He's, I'm, you know, it's not like he's really deep or anything, just in terms of design and everything, he was quite a fearsome looking fire yeah fearsome monster. looking and there was there was a little like a slight bit of depth there like it wasn't fully explored mm-hmm. I don't think because they did they the film obviously did not have enough time to dedicate to something like that and because otherwise it would have gotten too crowded but I will say this in terms of because I've seen plenty of like really simple you know, films kind of like kind of like this where it's like the story is relatively simple and straightforward and you know good versus evil all that good stuff 
And I've seen, you know, villains that are basically, you know, just straight up evil for the lols, you know, kind of not really villains to write home about. But this one, I would say, in terms of those kind of bad guys would definitely, I would put way up there because the fact that there is a slight degree of depth there that could have been explored. But obviously, like I said, the film did not have time to do so because otherwise it would have lost the focus. But mainly he just looks pretty cool. Uh... Yeah, yeah, there's, there's that. Like I said, all the designs in terms of the characters and the world is just top-notch in this. I can see them sort of, some of them being uh, um, a bit of an acquired taste. Like, I'm not... I... Like, I have to say that, in my opinion, the actual design of Moon himself is not the most appealing in the world. Uh, no. I know. I know you... You are a fan of it. <laughs> But. It, I just I thought there were there were certain aspects of the design I thought were really nice mm-hmm. in terms of like because he, he's a he's supposed to be some kind of like forest fawn mm-hmm. and as far as forest fawns go this is probably one of the cuter cuter designs you could take a you know a, a creature like that and, and make and it was like it was nice it was good he does he does uh, he fits the bill and everything it's just, <laughs> it's, like, it's not the most like I guess that's the kind of thing like when I was looking at it at first and thinking I don't know about this maybe you know it's like looking, uh-huh, looking yeah at and I understand why looking at some of the designs but um, and I will say this too I think actually in regards to his design I don't know why maybe it's just the fact that the transition between three dimensions and two dimensions I actually liked his design a lot more in 2D than 3D yeah that's if that makes any sense mm-hmm I mean, that's, again, it's nothing bad about the design. That just, I just think something about when you see the two, you know, his character switch between you know, the three dimensions and two dimensions. There was, he, it gained like a little bit of a like a nice bit of charm when it we was depicted in two D. So shall we just sort of sum up before we go into um, more specific details? Uh, okay. Yeah. Just that. You should watch Moon. Basically, it's yeah. You should just watch. Go, go, and if you have the chance to watch this movie, definitely check it out. If you have kids, or if you're watching kids and you want to show them a good time, take them. Because I would say probably, what, what would you think the age range would probably be if you're gonna take take a family to see this in terms of like little ones? Because I don't think there's anything in this that'll directly scare them. Yeah, I, I, but maybe interest them. I think it's suitable for pretty young. I would say. And you know, mm-hmm. and at the same time, I don't think it's you know, it, I don't think older children, would, you know, would find it too childish or whatever. But I think you know, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah, I think probably like five year olds would you know five year olds and up. Mm-hmm. They might be, they might find the, the the bad guy a bit scary. But other than that, I think <laughs> but that's, that's part of childhood. Damn it. No, yeah, um, man, I saw Land Before Time and the Sharptooth ty- Tyrannosaurus Rex. Man, that 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 gave me nightmares. If I can live through that, if other kids can live through that, they can live through this. <laughs> one of one of my family stories is is that they always tell is is my my sister when she uh, one of her fir- or I don't know if it's her actual first cinema trip or something, but uh, one of the like re-releases of Snow White. And uh, she fell asleep, and then she woke up at the point when it was like the um, close up of the old hag of the. Um, wicked, wicked oh, yes. And you're like, ah. 
Yo, that's a horrible thing to wake up to. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 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 But no, yeah, I was gonna say definitely, definitely go see this movie if you get the chance. It's a good. I would say it's a good family outing. Mm-hmm. And it's. I, I think it's a really, really uh, good way for G kids to start their their um, move into CG movies because it's not just it's not just like another Hollywood CG movie. It's it looks it's much more interesting. Like we said, it's kind of like it's almost like um, Avatar for kids kind of thing. But <laughs> well, if that doesn't sound too horrible to you. <laughs> it depends what you. No, well, it depends. Some some people love Avatar. Some people really don't mm-hmm. like it because reasons. But in terms of visual style, it it kind of takes a you know I wouldn't say it takes a little bit, but it's inspired by our stuff. Like comes from a similar source as like in terms of the visuals. So if you want something that's really visually interesting to show your kids, then yeah, this is the movie to take them to. Okay, with that said, we are now going to get into some more slightly spoilerific details for a little bit. So if you don't want to hear that, then uh, skip ahead to <laughs> a few minutes down the line for the rest of the water cooler. Or c- come back and watch the film and then come back. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. When you get the chance. When you get the chance. Uh, but yeah, like, it, it's hard to say, like, in terms of specific details, in terms of. Uh, this movie other than what we've already covered but there was just a few things like in terms of uh, one thing the big question that I had after finishing this movie is like they go into a bit of depth talking about how really the villain of this film was you know a former guardian that was corrupted which I thought was a really nice interesting twist to kind of take into this story but it did leave some pretty like uh, at least one question that burning question that I've had since I watched the movie like okay where did the corruption start? Where where did that come from? Well, there's there's, there's two former guardians in there, isn't there? Because there's also the um yeah, there is. There's the one who's like the sea monster who turns out to have been the former mm-hmm. moon guardian, and uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. There was like a whole there was a you know a pair of guardians that just either just did not do their job and that were eventually you know take you know the, the the positions were taken over but you know some obviously something really bad happened to the you know the guardian of the sun at the time and um the next the one that would follow him up was the one who put a stop to him whereas the moon guardian of the time basically just was too much of a coward and kind of left the mm-hmm. job to someone else which is which is was a really nice touch because i like the way he comes back and uh set things right mm-hmm. that was probably one of my favorite moments in the movie but um no yeah that was i just i really kind of thought that that was it was there that the movie kind of gained a bit more depth for me in terms of the fact that okay there was like you know the villain who we have is you know is a villain but not there's more to it than that a slightly more to it than that but i just want to know like where where did those snake things come from mm-hmm. what are they <laughs> what 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 was what where is what is their function in this world other than just to make things evil <laughs> I think that's pretty much it. They just come on and they go, ah. Yeah. They, they, they. We just come and mess things up for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Because conflict is important in a movie. Um. I, I think it's interesting, like, similarities between the end of this and Moana, actually. 
Yeah, actually, you know what? I didn't think about that right away, but like I, I felt something familiar about the ending, the way this film ended, and like I felt like I had seen it before. And you're right, it was Moana. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! <laughs> so yeah, if you if you've seen the both, then you'll know what we mean. Um, <laughs> uh, one thing I did feel though is the sort of need to put in a romantic subplot felt unnecessary. <laughs> oh, when, which, which subplot? What, what, the like one with the, moon, the minions? Moon, no, Moon and Glim. Oh, of course. Okay, no. Yeah, you know what? I I do agree with you on that because it was... It did feel somewhat forced. Not like not to the point, you know, forced to the point it felt like absolutely painful. Mm-hmm. Like oh no! Like this is what we're this is what we're in for. It was more of like I was watching it as it was you know started to come to a head. I'm like oh okay, it, <laughs> sure. It's, it's fine. It's kind of a, a pet hate of mine of when they force one in when there's no need to. Like particularly when it's a film that's involving either children or animals, and it's like no, mm-hmm. you don't. Like the worst one I always think of is there was this, not this, not that great. Um, UK made CG movie called Valiant about um, peng- uh, pigeons in World War Two. Oh, right. I think I've heard of that. I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. And I had uh, had um, uh, Hugh McGregor and uh, uh, as the main voice of the pigeon called mm-hmm. Valiant, and it also had Ricky Gervais in it. Um, <laughs> and that had like, and it's like they spent time working out now what what do pigeons look like when they kiss and it's like no you don't need to do that they're pigeons just yeah just not necessary (laughs) we don't need that and it's we don't need to be that anthropomorphic guys and it's like it felt a bit like that it's like no you don't need to put that in there why can't you have another reason to have a female character in them other than them being a love interest you know, I would have been fine if they'd just been, you know, really close platonic friends. Mm-hmm. Like, just leave it at that. Mm-hmm. You know, because obviously Yoon was relatively, like, lonely. He wasn't really accepted by, uh, you know, too many of the other uh, creatures of the night. And Glim was definitely lonely because of the fact that she wasn't allowed to go out and see things. So it would have been a lot of fun if, you know, just, like, you know, after all that had happened, that, you know, just like, oh, no, hey, just come and travel with me on the temple. We'll have a time, and then just like, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, other than that, though, <laughs> it's okay. I mean, like, like I said, in least regards, like, yes, it is definitely forced in there, for sure. But it's, it, like I said, it was not in your face unbearable in terms of like, like, okay, they are going through this romantic cue and this romantic cue and this romantic cue. It was just you know it wasn't it was it was a little bit more subtle. The only other at least to start with the only other sort of criticism I would have is that I kind of felt like um, the they kind of cheated a bit the climax when they went into the I mean this is weird coming from me as as someone who's always like yeah two D animation yay. Uh, I find <laughs> that they sort of the fact that they went into 2D animation for like that pivotal moment because it went into like a dream 
world or whatever. Mm-hmm. It felt like a tiny bit of a cheat to me. Oh, um, which part are you referring to? Is it the, the, the dream world sequence or the part after that? Like the dream world bit where it's like the, cli- at the climactic moment, like it goes into. Oh, when he's, when he finally, uh, when they finally stop Necros. Yeah. Oh, okay. That, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I guess, I guess in a, I can understand where you're coming from. That feeling that's a bit of a cop out because you know, like if it was if it just felt too easy like as soon as like that happened then it was done. That that did kind of feel like maybe that was a bit of a budget saver rather than having a big big climatic action scene or whatever. But you know mm-hmm. it, it's it's a minor grumble really. <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean part of the reason why it was good to you know kind of keep things short and sweet because like you know obviously the running time's running a little bit longer and uh, you know want to try and wrap up the film and, you know, complete the story. Because sometimes if you try to make a climax too big, you get you risk the chance of it getting away from you. And they had already had plenty of other things, you know, going on at the time. Like, you had the the supposed loss of another character. Um, and then, you know, Sahone was getting his butt whooped, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I this. Yeah, I can definitely see why that was a bit of a cop-out, but I don't know. I still kind of enjoyed it for what it was. No, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. I, I was overall very happy with it as a film, and <laughs> I would say it was a very pleasant surprise. That I, I was really... I was taken aback by how much I enjoyed it, so... Yeah, I know. So was... Same here. Mm-hmm. So if, if I'm... When I really get down to it, so was I, because... I was definitely looking at the trailer was a little hesitant, but no, yeah, it was, it was, I'm glad, I'm really glad I saw it. Yes, thanks to G Kids for letting us. Thank you. Review and watch that, so. Catch it when you can. <laughs> if you can, <laughs> which I'm sure you can soon. Um, yeah, if you're not, don't have a chance to watch it in theaters, keep an, out, keep an eye out for it when it comes out on DVD and Blu ray. So, shall we, um,. Mosey on down to the water cooler for some other things that we've been watching. Yeah, because I actually got something pretty pretty important to talk about that I actually just watched this morning, so I am ready. I, I, I could just quickly go over a couple of things just to get them out of the way. <laughs> uh, sure, sure. Um, I Last week I talked about the film, school, the, the, the anime series School Live, uh, which Mm-hmm. I was about halfway through, uh, which was the uh, the rather unexpected anime of cute anime girls doing cute anime things in their cute anime club, and then zombies. <laughs> it's like, but in reality, zombies, and just like it's all in this girl's head, and I'm just like, wait, what? <laughs> I remember you talk, hearing you talk about that last episode, and I'm just like, wait, wait a minute, what? Huh? <laughs> So mainly if you want to hear about it Listen to the last episode or read my review uh, But I just want to follow up And say It it basically It made it uh, Made the landing Not made the landing what? Stuck, stuck the, the landing. landing That's the word I'm looking at yeah, It stuck the landing And <laughs> it, um, it pulled off the rest of the series Being really good as well And it got pretty sad In places Oh no And it, it did some things that I was that you're kind of like no that's against the rules you're not allowed to do that uh oh and um it, I was very impressed and you can read my full review on 
the uh, the new look animation for adults.com because <laughs> yeah since the last time we've recorded we've launched our very shiny very shiny new look uh, yeah and you may have noticed if everyone that was yeah if anyone you notice and really enjoying it um i'm gonna tell you right now give a big round of applause or send out your thank yous to this man here because he did a whole ton of work in terms of getting it all spiffy and ready to put out there for you guys to enjoy and especially and make it more mobile compatible because that was our mate that was our major goal was to make sure that you know our format was both was good for both uh desktop and mobile devices so definitely send mr chris perkins your <laughs> thank yous and your appreciation for the new look because a lot of most of that was him uh. <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> you. go on chris take a bow take a bow that works well on, on audio. Taking audio, audio yeah. by. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, of course it does. Or at least pat yourself on the back. Something. One, one of those two. Uh, I also had... I'm not going to say a whole lot about it, but I, I did finally watch, when Marnie was there, uh, the film from Hiramasa Yonobayashi uh, with Studio Ghibli. And it's interesting, I would say, in that... I have now realised that he does have a bit of bit of his style of his own. Uh, I mean, his films obviously just like Studio Ghibli films, uh, but he <laughs> he has particular elements that he is keen on, just like Miyazaki does or Takahata does, and that seems to be that he likes uh, things based on British novels because uh, mm-hmm. Arietti. British novel translated to Japan. Uh, when Marnie was there, British novel translated to Japan, and now um, Mary and the Witch's Flower is another British novel, uh, and based on Arietti. And when Marnie was there, he likes uh, stories about sick children. Uh, so <laughs> he's he's got elements cropping up, um, but auteur elements, yeah, I guess yeah. you could say. He he's got his own little um, repertoire. He likes pull up and obviously it's a Ghibli film so it's very pretty it's um I I was I don't think I was expecting it to be set in modern day for some reason um hmm I think I think everything just made me think it was um like a set in the past but it's actually set now or thereabouts so I was like a bit mm-hmm. surprised that when there was a mobile phone I was like oh what <laughs> oh this is now <laughs> okay um but it's quite sad. Uh. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I knew I knew that was going to be the case from the get go when they were, like I was watching the trailers. Like, you, it's hard to get a really like good grasp of the story from the trailers, but it looked like it definitely was going to be an emotional roller coaster. And my God, I have taken way too long to see this movie. So hopefully one day I will look. I'll look at the DVD in the the store, and I'll just realize that I have enough money to in my my pocket money to pick it up and take it home and watch it but for some reason every single time I've seen it I'm like oh I need to pick that up and then I look at my pocketbook and I'm like no there's nothing in there why but it, it's a very lovely film very sad very pretty mm. uh, and very ghibli <laughs> and <laughs> I'd be shocked if it wasn't and yes I I look forward to watching it again <laughs> so <laughs> So hopefully next time I, when I when I watch it, I'll be able to talk with you about it because yeah. been meaning to do that. Yeah, and no, I should I should probably uh, rewatch it so that I can review it. Yay! Nice. Because <laughs> I I I watched it when I was feeling 
under the weather, so <laughs> not really probably best time to view it because I might not have taken it all in, but soon, soon I will. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Okay, that's that's pretty much me done with the watercolor. I have been watching other stuff, including Rick and Morty, but season three. But I figure we'll probably do like a a um, series recap when that's done. I guess. Yeah, probably probably wait until we see what the whole season has to mm-hmm. offer, and then we'll just offer our thoughts on that. I've been meaning to get uh, started on watching that, but unfortunately, I've been trying to. I haven't had the time to track it down, but I will have some time free time coming up soon, and. Uh, I have a few good friends who have been very eager to watch uh, season three, so I'll be able to just like sit down with them and go through it as you know all the recent episodes. So I'm caught up. I would just say this though: I'm Pickle Rick. <laughs> I turned myself into a pickle, Morty. <laughs> just like no other reason to start an episode, just just that. Just start it with that, and then okay, I'm ready for the ride. The thing is, the thing <laughs> is though, that. You know, I've I've seen the trailer of that, and I've read, you know, read all the hype and everything, and I've watched that episode, and still, it's one of the funniest things ever. Even, even yeah, it's just like, how do they do it, Chris? How do they do it? I don't know. It's witchcraft. It's it's <laughs> witchcraft happens, and then there's an awesome Rick and Morty episode. Yes. <laughs> okay, I accept that explanation. I, I believe you got to watch something today that I'm not at all jealous about. I did, and I'm really happy I got to see it the first thing this morning. Like, I literally, my alarm went off, and I checked, like, oh, crap, it's time. And then I ran downstairs because here in the United States, at, like, midnight this morning, you know, like midnight and onward, DuckTales 2017 mm-hmm. finally premiered with its hour-long pilot, and it lives up to the hype, for sure. I enjoyed it very much, and I can, I'll try to avoid uh, spoilerific details, and I'll try to stay light for those of you, you know, those of you who haven't yet to see it, so you can still be genuinely surprised by some things, but I do want to just kind of go into a few things that I want to get off my chest right away, and you probably hear a lot of other people who've seen the premiere and, uh, like the first, very first episode to you know probably say similar things, but we do definitely get a better idea of the family dynamic because one of the big pitches for Ducktales, uh, the Ducktales reboot, is the focus on family, and you definitely get a good grasp on what kind of that family dynamic they're kind of trying to go for in this show right off the bat in terms of uh, you know the the personality traits of you know Huey, Dewey, and Louie and how they're going to interact off each other and the other characters. Webby's focus, you know, how the narrative interaction between Scrooge and the three nephews is going to play out, and also with the inclusion of Donald Duck, which is going to be very interesting um, later down the line, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how that is explored. It's still, it's not a perfect pilot. There are definitely a few things, like, in terms of uh, maybe a little bit the pacing in the second half that I thought was a little off, but I think it's just because they're trying to set up a lot of things that they're probably going to be revisiting down the line. Like, they're definitely kind of, like, maybe following... Not necessarily identically like Gravity Falls, but definitely kind of laying a few uh, plot elements or character elements down, like, on the board to try, like, okay, we're going to revisit that here, or we're going to make an episode focused on this, etc. But for sure, the spirit of adventure and discovery and just overall fun tone is def- from the original cartoon is definitely here. Just with a 
quirky modern twist. But um, I'll see other elements that I'm trying to talk about before we, you know, move on. But uh, one of the things I really I was able to get a better handle on, at least that's you, you've we've kind of gotten a bit more of a idea with the promotional material that came out of Comic Con in terms of the dynamic between the, the Huey, Dewey, and Louie, because those were the the biggest blank slates of the series, um, the original Ducktales that they you know, that had that could afford to be expanded upon. And I really like what they went with because. Something I noticed, especially in this episode, when we are introduced to the uh, the trio, is that each one of them has something in common with Scrooge, whether they know it or not. Uh, Huey is the eldest of the trio, and he's definitely more of a res- semi-responsible. He's definitely more of the brain kind of character. So he's very orderly. He's very um, you know into planning things, and um, he. Definitely more in for, like, the facts and knowledge of, you know, adventure as opposed to actually doing said adventure. That's more left to the uh, attention-starved middle child that is Dewey Duck, <laughs> who is a very... You, you can definitely tell from some of, like, the promo material that he's much more a doer than the other three. And more, you know, get involved in adventure. You know, he hears death traps, he runs straight for the death traps. <laughs> because death traps are cool. <laughs> so... Definitely, there was there was a good bit of focus on him in uh, the first two episodes, which was pretty fun because I, he's definitely he becoming my favorite really quickly. But um, so you definitely see like there's a similarity between him and Scrooge in terms of you know they both long for adventure, whereas the youngest of the triplets, Louis Duck, is definitely you know he's the youngest, so he definitely tries to get away with more, a bit lazy. And also, uh, tad materialistic. Definitely, like, you, you see him enter, like, one of the hidden areas where Scrooge has a lot of his, uh, old, like, treasure items hidden away, and he starts put, putting post-it notes on them. And I believe one of the other, tw- uh, triplets asked him, you know, Louie, what are you doing? He's like, I'm, I'm calling dibs on these. These are mine. <laughs> I'm gonna take these. But you can definitely tell he's definitely got money on the mind or looking to make a quick buck, so which is going to be an interesting balance between uh, balancing act between him and Scrooge because Scrooge, while he is definitely rich and he loves money, that is not his primary uh, focus. He's definitely more of an adventure seeker in this particular incarnation, and uh, he's always been about you know if you're going to make money, make it honestly and not try to make a quick buck the easy way. So that'll be an interesting relationship to see develop. But more than all the other characters, I'm looking forward to interact with Scrooge. It's actually Donald Duck, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Because you could definitely, in the first time you they see each other in this premiere, you can definitely sense some tension between them. Like, there's something something that happened a long time ago, or at least a couple years back, that kind of separated the two, or they left them on not good terms. And they've definitely laying the groundwork of patching that up but also kind of having to reopen some old wounds there which is really kind of daring to do with this uh with a property and characters that Disney's whole you know beloves so much the fact like okay we're depicting this family of you know characters that we you know has been in our you know library for a long time you know we know Donald Duck we know his family we know Daisy Duck and the triplets and Scrooge McDuck, but in terms of like their actual relationship dynamic, like nothing, it's not a, it's not a perfect setup from what they're doing. There's still, you know, like an everyday kind of, you know, there's good bits and there's not so good bits, which is good. It's, it's a realistic portrayal of family and I'm, I'm enjoying the potential that this shows 
definitely has and has yet to really act upon, but it's it's the groundwork is there. So yeah, it's it's good and the animation is on point like basically all the trailer images like in opening animation like it almost is that kind of level of quality all the way yeah. through. So two thumbs way way up. Uh I saw um don't know if you saw it. They apparently did a little DuckTales um promo for cinemas uh where it starts off um with the the opening titles and then someone's phone goes off and uh it's 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 basically you know a PSA about turning your your phone off in the fo- in the cinema and uh there was a little special promotional one of DuckTales where it starts off with open titles and it gets in- oh that's it gets excellent interrupted by someone's mobile and like <laughs> duck comes in tell goes to turn it off or whatever it was great Basically, ev- no, yeah, everything no. to do with this new DuckTales seems to be awesome, so... <laughs> I can't <laughs> No, it's great, and again, like, great setup, love the, the actors all do a wonderful job, Launchpad is as hilarious and lovable mm-hmm. as ever, so that's... I'm glad that hasn't changed at all, that they left that attack. If you ain't broke, don't fix it, you know? Mm-hmm. But enough, enough has been reworked to, in order to serve the purpose of telling better stories that I think this is that's it, this is definitely going to give this show a bit of more of an edge than the over the original and the original was great it's still wonderful wonderful show and if you haven't seen the original if you can track it down definitely see it but for new audience and fans of the old series if you're not still not sure you know, haven't been convinced by what you've seen from the promo material at least look at the pilot and check it out because it was a lot of fun I cannot ex- I cannot express that enough. <laughs> Woo! Yes, indeed. But even funny, like you can tell Disney's really pushing this because uh, at least when I was looking on the recording uh, for the television schedule, I swear, like I was looking at it and it started literally from twelve in the morning, and they were literally marathoning the first episode all day on Disney XD. It's like I think they're. I think Disney's really trying to push this show, guys. I'm <laughs> really like, I, I, the whole freaking day. I don't think I've ever seen, at least not in a long time, them try and push something so hard. But you know what? If they've got the, if it's got the chops to back it up, I'm glad they are. Awesome. So yeah, that's uh, that's Ducktales 2017. Check it out if you can, and hopefully we'll. See if you get the overseas for you guys to see. <laughs> yeah. Soon. Sometime very soon, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Disney, get to work on it. <laughs> but, um, not too much else other for me this week. There was one small thing in terms of that. It just came out, uh, yesterday on the, uh, on August 11th. Um, uh, more promotional material for a video game I'm very excited for that's going to be coming out on August, that's coming out on August 15th, so probably by the time we get this episode out it'll have already uh, been released to um, PlayStation 4 and all the Nintendo Switch and Xbox One, and that is Sonic Mania the uh, latest Sonic the Hedgehog game which has kind of taken a bit of a bit of a trip back in time, back to the classic days of uh, Sonic the Hedgehog video game design, where it's more based off of the, you know, Sonic 1, Sonic 2, and Sonic 3 and Knuckles. 
But one of the things that I had me grab, you know, grab me about this particular project, not was just this idea that we were, you know, getting a mo- like a modern style developed, you know, by fans, uh, classic Sonic game, but the promotional material that they've been putting out in terms of animation has been really well done. Like, very similar in the style, if anyone's play- out there has played Sonic CD, it's very much in the style of uh, that opening sequence that kind of bookended that game. And um, all of which has been done uh, by Tyson Hess, a gentleman who worked on the Archie comic book series for Sonic the Hedgehog before it unfortunately had to be retired or moved on to um, IDW. And I have to say, I remember uh, seeing some of Tyson's work in terms of, you know, just his art style, and I really do enjoy it, but this is, you know, these were actual instances of me first, like, ever seeing any of animation he'd ever done, and I have to say, I really, really dig it. Both him and his team did an amazing job uh, with the uh, animated opening for Sonic Mania, which went up on uh, August 11th, and it's it's something pretty special. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't have quite the, the <laughs> knowledge I don't think of Sonic that you do I've played some of the classic games back in the day and I've watched some of the old cartoons at some point uh, mm-hmm. but I, uh, I've even played some of the more recent games but um, <laughs> so I can't really you know say how well this compares or anything but animation was, was good and looked cute and old school and I enjoyed it so that's all I can say about it really yes yeah it's very bouncy very kind of lighthearted, definitely in like the like I said kind of a similar style to Sonic CD which is really cool but I like the fact that it looks like this was definitely animated and um I can't tell how much of this more of this is computer drawn or hand drawn but it's I think with the fluidity of motion it, it seems more computer but it's really well done 2D computer animation and it's just it oozes charm to the point it's just like oh i'm you know i look forward to seeing if there are any more wonderful pieces of animation that tyson and his team will be bringing us for the sonic franchise in the future because it's definitely kind of recaptured a little something because the modern designs are really nice and i you know and when they're done right but it's it's really it's been really pleasant to kind of revisit the classic style to see you know what it can do when it's really put to the test in animation and it's it still holds up mm-hmm. I think. So yeah, congratulations to Tyson Hess and his team. And um, def- if you haven't seen the animation uh, opening animation, definitely look at it if you're a Sonic fan. If not, if you're just an animation fan, like some good two D animation. It's really pleasant, and uh, if you haven't looked at any other of uh, Tyson's work, follow him on Twitter. He's got a Twitter account, and uh, see what he, keep keep up to date with what he's up to. But that about does it for me, and I think that might as well wrap us up for this particular episode. We've been talking for quite a bit, but we were able to cover a lot oh. of stuff, lots of news, lots of awesome content for uh, the latest G Kids release for uh, Mune and. DuckTales and a whole bunch of stuff and also getting to hear some more about how School uh, school Live was able to wrap up. I'm really happy that that, that stuck the landing. Because sometimes a series will start and then it will kind of flub around and then maybe even not land quite on its feet as well. But I'm glad to hear that that one did because that had a really promising mm-hmm. premise. But yeah, thank you so much for those of you who are sticking around with us for this song and uh, listening to Let's talk about animation. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, if, 
If you want to give us a shout out on any of our social media uh, areas, you can go ahead and visit us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Pinterest, and on Instagram, and quite a few others, I think. Um, but also, in terms of our podcast, we're on a few other places as well. Podcast.com, Stitcher, and iTunes, if you want to download this episode and other episodes of the podcast. But you can also find them on our podcast tab on the website, if you aren't already there. And if you want to follow any of us personally, uh, Chris, where can we find you on social uh, you media? You can find me at Mr. Chris Dor on both Twitter and Facebook. Very good. And you can find me mostly on Twitter. I tend to hang out on Twitter a lot. And you can find me at Fail2Ninja. And as always, if you want to support what we're doing, feel free to check out our Patreon page. There is a link to that on the website as well as our coffee page if you want to buy us a virtual cup of coffee because we always appreciate the support that you guys, any support you guys can give us because we love, we love talking about animation and we love being able to share that information with you guys and offer you a place to, you know, kind of gather, learn stuff about animation, but also just kind of have fun. Uh, but thank you very much for joining us for today's episode, and we will hopefully be back soon with another episode coming your way. So, take care, everybody, and hope you have a lovely Night. week. Bye. Take care. Life is like a hurricane here in Duckburg. Race cars, lasers, airplanes. It's a Duckburg. Might solve a mystery. Much to explore at Total Wine and More. Pinot Noirs, Grigios, Champagnes, and Chardonnays. Plus more than 2,500 beers and bourbon barrel aged. Tequila, rum, scotch, and gin, vermouth that's extra dry. Hard seltzers and single malts, so many for you to try. Now offering delivery in select markets. See details at TotalWine.com delivery. Drink responsibly, B21. Everybody needs just the right amount of fuel to get going in the morning. For some, a nice McDonald's egg and cheese bagel is just enough to do it. Others might prefer a McDonald's bacon egg and cheese bagel. Or perhaps a sausage egg and cheese bagel. And there are those where nothing will do but a hearty McDonald's steak egg and cheese bagel. Four different breakfast bagels to get you going. Tomorrow morning, give your engine a head start at participating McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.